0: The following is a presentation of Muddy River News.
1: Hi, this is Ron Kincherf and welcome to Book Nook, brought to you by the Quincy Public Library. And don't forget to head to the Quincy Public Library's website, quincylibrary.org. Uh, they have a story walk challenge time right now, which is a way to work out and get some steps in indoors and read a short story as you move around the perimeter of the library within the library. And a very interesting event on January 21st, it's Dad's doing dues and it's basically dads doing the hair of their daughters and there's movie nights all over the place so make sure you check out uh the quitsy library calendar online for events that are coming up so uh independent authors is all, they're always a lot of fun to talk to because they go out on a chance to publish books without the backing of a major publishing house and anita dickinson is one of those uh, she's a retired police officer down in texas she has a total of 27 years of law enforcement experience 22 at the Dallas Police Department. She served as a patrol officer, undercover narcotics officer, advanced accident investigator, a tactical officer, and she was the first female sniper on the Dallas SWAT team. Uh, She received the Officer of the Year Award for the Dallas Police Department. Now she's an award-winning author specializing in crime thrillers, but her most recent book is called Deadly Keepstapes, and it's a step away from what she has been doing, a completely new direction. It's a soft mystery. And here's a review. This is one of the best books I have read so far this year. I don't even know where to start. Another review mentions it's a real rags to riches kind of story. mixed with Murder, a Missing Treasure, and Texas-sized Skullduggery. Uh, so when I first started asking Anita, after that long career in law enforcement, I asked her how she got involved in writing.
2: You know, actually, when I retired, I started uh, a business, my own Texas uh, our Accident Reconstruction Service. Um, not only was I on the Dallas SWAT team for several years, but I was also an undercover narcotics detective. I served in patrol, and I was also an advanced accident uh, investigator. So when I retired, I started an accident reconstruction business. And one day, I received a phone call from a film producer in California. And they were getting ready to do a new reality TV series Series, and they were looking for an investigator that could come on and talk about their first episode. Uh, this was back in 2013, the 50th anniversary of Kennedy's assassination. And the reality series dealt with unsolved mysteries. And the episode that they were going to uh, have on their show was about Lee Bowers Jr., Bowers was in a railroad tower overlooking Dealey Plaza and was one of the key witnesses to the assassination. Well, three years later, nineteen sixty six, he's killed not far just south of Dallas in a one car vehicle crash. And over the years the conspiracy theorist had built his deck into, yeah, he was murdered because of what he saw that day. Well, Like I say, the film producer needed somebody to come on air and talk about this accident, and they found my website, and that's how they got to me. Well, at first I said no, because their filming date was only three weeks away, and I wasn't about to go on air and talk about something or a crash that I knew nothing about. So they asked me if I would at least take a look at their material. So I said yes, and it was that decision which literally sent me in a totally different direction for what was to come. The last time I didn't realize it. But I got their material and it included all of the comments from Texas Department of Transportation to shut down the section of the freeway south of Dallas, this little town, Middle Ocean, where they were gonna film. Uh other material dealing with the filming and a video. ...that and Rivera had done in, I think, about 1991, 92, somewhere in there, on the same episode. And he had this man standing on this bridge, this freeway south of Midlothian, and pointing to it and saying, this is where Lee Bauer Jr. died and whatnot. <laughs> the only problem is, everybody had it wrong. The bridge didn't exist, the roadway didn't exist... Well, I got so interested in that project that I thought, can I do a reconstruction of this whole incident? And that's what I set out to do. Hours and hours of research. I don't know how many hours I spent at the Dallas Library going through microfiche and whatnot. But I ultimately had enough material to write a book. And
0: so I thought, okay. Interesting thing, you know, your your latest novel, Deadly Keepsakes. Your first six or seven were, um, you know, based on your experiences in law enforcement, you know, um, being a part of a SWAT team. But then I think you deviated quite a bit with Deadly Keepsakes because it's a much more laid-back type mystery about a gal with healthcare experience. So you kind of got away from writing about what you know and what you've lived with Deadly Keepsakes. Uh, I did. Uh, My comfort zone was crime thrillers.
2: And the big difference between my crime thrillers and Deadly Keepsakes, which is, it's borderline cozy. It's it's not a full cozy, but if you're going to look at a scale of 1 to 10 with, you know, maybe my crime thriller being one, then cozy is on the other end. Um, But with the crime thrillers, my emphasis was on the crime. who went about solving the crime. But with Deadly Keepsakes, it was 180 around. The emphasis was on the characters and how the crime affected them. And it was, as I would soon discover, a much more difficult way of, of writing because so much more depended upon the character development as opposed to the actual crime itself. So, but why, yes. why
0: take that risk Though so? You've had success with the... Traditional thrillers that you were doing. Why all of a sudden take that risk to do a more character driven story?
2: Uh, because the source of inspiration for my books comes at me from many directions and, and I could go into some of the things with the crime thrillers and whatnot. But for Deadly Keepsakes, I had a friend send me an article about some poker kits that were found during the renovation of a museum in Arlington, which is kind of between Dallas and Fort Worth. Back in the 1930s and 40s, it was a gambling casino, and it had been taken over by an individual by the name of Benny Binion, who at that time was a very prominent gangster in Dallas. He ran the Southland Syndicate, which was the illegal gambling casinos in in the Dallas area. And these poker chips had actually been used in his casinos. Uh, and they just, they caught my attention. And I keep pondering, I was working on another one of my crime thrillers, but I never, you know, completely forgot about the poker chip article. And I kept thinking, how can I turn these poker chips and this guy that was such a, a, bigger-than-life gangster in Dallas. He, he ended up going on, out to Las Vegas and, and uh, started the Horseshoe Casino out there, Benny Binion did. But how could I turn this into a modern-day mystery? Well, the plot that came up in my head wasn't a crime thriller. It was a mystery that needed a whole nother direction.
0: I was and just was- going to say that that's kind of the... A- Opposite way, I would have thought you would have come up with a story because that's about five to six percent of the actual plot line is the uh, the casino owner or or whatever. I mean, you had a lot of work to do in your brain to to get where you got. I
2: did, and <laughs> one of the one of the one of the I shouldn't traits, characteristics, you know, something that is unique at least as far as my books are concerned, the amount of research that goes into each of the books. Probably the most difficult from a research
0: standpoint was celebration at all. Yeah, Anita, I I, I get that, but you, with this book, with everything you described to me, you you had to develop an entirely new character, you know, Tori, um, and then work from her forward Back to where you got the idea. I, right. I, that's a, I just find that really unique. Um,
2: but there was a, there was so much that was written about Benny Binion as a character. It was it was a good way to bring in the plot and the characters. Um, that I based the, the story in Granberry, which is a resort community. It was perfect a perfect talent for what I needed for Deadly Deep and Benny Binion uh, my fictional character based on Benny Binion which was Tory Winner's great grandfather built a house down there mm-hmm. and that historic house gave me lots of room to work with bringing in the background of Binion and the poker chips and all of that um, so it just it was just The only way that I could develop the plot was to take it into more of a cozy mystery or a regular mystery as opposed to the crime thriller. And so that's what I did, and it has worked out very well. You mentioned the house
0: in the story. Was it your intent to kind of make that a character itself?
2: Was it my intent to do what?
0: Uh, Kind of create, you know, have the house almost be its own character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that was very much...
2: Uh, a, a big part of the planning for the uh, the story was that I needed a house that I could really work with that let me do a lot more than just what a traditional house would. As a matter of fact I, even with this next book that I'm up close to publishing in January, the second of the book is Has the House Given Up All Its Secrets? Um, Benny Binion uh, his casinos, especially the one in Arlington, they had a secret tunnel. They had rooms that they could hide things. I mean, there was a lot of more than just putting this into a room somewhere and people coming in and gambling. There was a very real risk of, you know, being raided. uh, And he took all kinds of precautions to safeguard what he was doing to keep the beds from, you know, breaking in and anyway it just all of
0: that lent itself to the type of house that I set up for the book and Tori totally Winters how did you primary character in the book um it, I think part of the plot for me was that definitely a fish out of water when she moved to this small little town in Texas and she uh, pretty much stuck to her guns and what's kind of cool is it's um such a strong female character uh that was never persuaded to join the rest and um uh, uh, I just thought that's something you don't see. Well, I guess you do see it in books, but uh, you know, yeah. she stuck to her guns. And uh, How did you come Uh-oh. up with that?
2: Well, that's, again, another trait. With my female characters, every book's got it. Um, they're strong. Be- they're they're, they're, they're going to stand their ground. They're, they're not going to back down. And that was the case with, with Tori. She was alone in the world. The only relative that she had died, which was her mother, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so again, that, uh, developing the character that way lent itself to more mystery and mystique about this grandmother that all of a sudden she discovers that she didn't know existed, and that her grandmother was very wealthy. Uh, so that allowed to bring in a lot more components, the little, the mystery, the background as to what was going on, and and let me develop her character.
0: And it almost presented itself as if she was a minority in this town, and I thought that was a good little, you know, plot line along with her friends that she meets, that uh, little core group she has that she meets when yeah. they you know, hires them. But it was like them against the rest of the town to a degree until the end of the book. You know, some people came to her side, but. Um, it, it would have been very easy for her just to cave to the pressure of what was going on. I thought that was a nice little lesson. I, I don't know if that was intentional or not on your part. Now, uh, was Tori, you mentioned that was your intent to cover, be the strong, independent woman. Is that a reflection on anybody you know or maybe yourself?
2: Someone once asked me how much of me is in my books, and my answer was, oh, my God, a whole lot.
0: Um... So you're the kind of woman you don't want that would do all the talking at a PTA meeting. <laughs>
2: yes, probably so, yes. Um, and that's coming from my law enforcement career. Uh, probably more so than anywhere else. But uh, a lot of my experiences as well come into play, um, whether it's a character or whether it's the plot. Uh, there's just there's just a lot of me in in each one of my books, especially you know we were talking earlier before we started the recording about uh, the addiction my characters have to coffee. Well, mm-hmm. you know it is, like I say a lot of it is based on personal experience, what I have learned, what I've observed, characters and people, or you know that I have come across and and they become a character in my book.
0: But I keep going back to that. This is such a unique step for you to take that it's not a law enforcement type book so there's some of this character that isn't what you've experienced
2: yeah well no, there's still um the, uh, some of the incidents that have happened in the book that I described they're based on my law enforcement Okay. Uh, I brought in you know she's uh, she's got two different accidents with a vehicle um you know, I don't want to do a whole lot of spoiler alerts here, but, yeah, yes, there's a, to build those scenes, let me put it this way, to build some of the scenes within the book, it's coming from my law enforcement experience.
0: I guess the point I'm getting at, though, it's not it's not a crime thriller. I don't think. No. So, no, and no, again, no. that's, uh, I just find it, first of all, you get outside your comfort zone, and we're very, very successful with it, but you, you went outside your comfort zone. I think that's, um. And, yeah, and yeah, just a challenge in its own. So, if you had to describe this, you know, for people listening to this, and we, I don't want to, like you said, spoiler alerts. You know, what would be your one sentence or two sentence description of why someone should take a chance and read this novel by Anita Dickinson?
2: I write to entertain, and this book entertains.
0: That's all you got for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to go into Tory. Winners was uh, ran out of town and went to the small little town Whoa, of Texas because she found wealth and you know. And then she ran into a bunch of people yeah. that thought she should do something, but she stood her gun, yeah. you know, stood her ground, and decided not to. And then yeah. a bunch of mystery follows a, her. Yeah, this
2: is a this is about a young girl and a house with secrets, secrets that can kill. There you go.
1: <laughs> so that's Anita Dickinson. And her latest is Deadly Keepsakes. It's available anywhere where books are sold, Amazon, yada, yada, yada. Uh, her website is anitadickison.com. And Dickinson is spelled D I C K A S O N. Anita Dickinson.com. Dot com uh thanks for joining me for book nook i'm ron Kinscher with muddy river news and this is brought to you by quincy public library make sure you check out quincylibrary.org for all the fun events they've got going on we'll talk to you next time
2: muddy river news our home our news